Welcome to the Think Podcast, the show that tackles impossible questions from a biblical perspective with your host, Joel Sedekes. And now get ready to think. Welcome to the Think Podcast with Joel Sedekes. I'm Joel Sedekes, and this is the show that tackles impossible questions from a biblical perspective to help you explain share and defend the Christian message. Today, we are talking about 15 Bible verses about racism. Racism is pride, prejudice, or partiality based on physical or genetic traits shared by a group. What does the Bible say about racism? Well, we'd better find out because we have reached a crucial moment in world history. The killing of George Floyd by former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has sparked a massive movement of humanity, both in the United States and abroad. And the issue of racism is at the center of it all. Many Christians are joining the conversation out of a desire to stand for justice, to comfort the hurting, and to call for unity among all people. The term Bible verses about racism is currently trending at an all-time high on Google. What does this mean? It means that God has given his church an incredible opportunity. The world is hurting and is asking whether we have anything to say that can help. And the good news is that we do. But we have really ultimately two options. We can share our own fallible opinions or we can share God's Word. And the good news is that God's Word does have a lot to say about it. So today, I want to share that with you. So here are 15 Bible verses about racism. Let's start with Genesis 3.20, first book of the Bible. It says, the man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. In other words, whoever you are, you are descended from the first couple, Adam and Eve. We're literally all family. There's really just one race, genetically speaking, the human race. So dividing people up by race and judging people based on those supposed distinctions, totally unbiblical and totally unscientific and just not true or helpful. Deuteronomy 10.17 says, this is verse 2, For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, mighty, and awe-inspiring God, showing no partiality and taking no bribe. God himself does not judge people based on superficial categories. And he's the God of gods and the Lord of lords, meaning he's the standard above any and all other standards. If God's not partial, far be it from us to be partial based on superficial categories. Skipping ahead, verse 3. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or his stature, because I have rejected him. Humans do not see what the Lord sees, for humans see what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. Sounds a lot like MLK, doesn't it? We shouldn't be judged, nor should we judge, based on external characteristics or attributes. Instead, God looks at the heart. And if that's what God looks at, that's what we ought to care about as well. Moving ahead to the New Testament, verse 4, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen says, Go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus commands his church to go to all nations without any partiality, 
all people groups without any regard or disregard for their skin color or their genetic attributes or traits. The mission of God is to all peoples. And so it's pretty silly and stupid to distinguish between different people groups based on external characteristics when Jesus sends us to all peoples. Verse 5, John seven twenty four. Stop judging according to outward appearances. Rather, judge according to righteous judgment. That pretty much sums it up. Stop judging according to outward appearances. Supposed racial distinctions between people are the definition of outward experience, uh, outward appearances. To think that you know what someone has going on in their heart, what their experience has been, what they believe, who they are based on how they look, is not only is it foolish, but we're directly commanded to stop doing that. Verse 6, X 10.34, Peter began to speak. Now, I truly understand that God doesn't show favoritism. Now, if you read that verse in context, what you find out is that Peter had prejudice against, previously, against Gentiles, non-Jewish people. But then the Lord Jesus showed him in a vision that uh, Gentiles were clean. In other words, he could associate with Gentiles. That's the one distinction that the Bible makes between ethnicities that ever mattered was between Jew and Gentile. And that goes back more to an old covenant distinction between the Jewish people having the law and God's revelation and the Gentiles not having that and God not wanting the Jewish um, uh, uh, religion, his uh, his word, his laws, his commandments, to be corrupted through idolatry, which the Gentiles followed. But in the New Covenant era, God tells Peter, don't show favoritism uh, on those uh, outward um, or genetic or familial relations and attributes anymore. God does not show favoritism, neither should we. Moving along, verse 7, Romans 2, 11. Very simple. It says, for there is no favoritism with God. If you have favoritism in your heart, if you have partiality in your heart based on external and superficial categories, drop it. Plain and simple. Ask God to change you. He has no favoritism. If you're, if you're going to be a follower of, of God, a follower of Jesus, you must not have favoritism in your heart either. Romans 10, 12 says this. This is verse eight. Since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. Isn't that great? In the old days, there was that distinction between Jew and Gentile. By the New Testament, they were calling it Jew and Greek, part of the Hebraic world or part of the Hellenistic world. Are you Jewish or are you Greek? Kind of Greco-Roman would be encompassed in that. And this verse says there's no distinction between those groups anymore. In Christ, you belong to the Lord and the Lord will bless you if you call on him, doesn't matter your ethnicity, doesn't certainly doesn't matter your external characteristics. Uh, skin color is totally irrelevant as to whether or not God hears you or whether or not God doesn't hear you. If you call on him, he'll hear you. Verse 9, Galatians 3.28. See, we're progressing through the Bible in um, canonical order. We started in Genesis, and as you'll see, we'll get all the way to Revelation here. Verse 9, Galatians 3.28. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, the Bible elsewhere does give distinction between male and female. 
in terms of roles and relating to each other and in terms of the church. But one thing it never does is it never makes a distinction between, in the New Covenant, between Jew and Gentile, or between any ethnicity in terms of relationship within the church, in terms of relationship within society, in terms of relationship within a family or household. So what Paul is getting at here, what the Lord is getting at, is that we are one in Christ Jesus. We are unified. God has actually taken from all different kinds of people, taken people from all these different groups and united them together in Christ Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, your ethnicity does not trump your relationship with Christ. So if you're black, white, brown, red, yellow, green, blue, purple, if you belong to Jesus Christ, you're my brother, you're my sister. There is no distinction there. So racism is bad. Verse 10, Ephesians 2.14, For he is our peace who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility in his flesh. So, again, the, the one biblical distinction between ethnicities was Jew and Gentile. And the law was the wall between Jew and Gentile. Christ has fulfilled the law, taken it down, and now we are, there is no distinction between Jew and Gentile in Christ. Uh, verse 11, Colossians 3, 11. In Christ, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. I like this verse because it breaks up the Gentile category into barbarians and Scythians, and then even talks about roles within society, what we might call socioeconomic status, slave and free, barbarian, Scythians, Scythians were a subgroup of barbarians. In other words, Paul is, is digging down even deeper and saying there is no distinction based on these external characteristics or even your position in society. In other words, these distinctions are social constructs. And as Christians, we don't adhere to social constructs. We adhere to biblical truth. So race being a social construct, everyone agrees on that. We don't judge people based on supposed racial distinctions. According to the Bible, there are no racial distinctions. And actually, it's great to see that modern uh, sociologists agree. Race is, a, is, is purely an artificial construct. Um, the Bible was saying this 2,000 years ago, which is pretty cool. Verse number 12, James 2, 4. Haven't you made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? In the church, there is no room for distinctions and dividing people up based on these external uh, characteristics, especially for the purpose of judging one another based on those distinctions. The Bible calls that evil. Verse 13. James 2, 9, so just a little bit later in that chapter. If, however, you show favoritism, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. In other words, God's word condemns you if you show favoritism. How foolish and unbiblical it is to show favoritism based on external characteristics. And if you go back and you look at James, what he's talking about in context, he's talking about socioeconomic status, the rich and the poor. Of course, that would also apply to other external attributes like the color of your skin, for example. Verse 14, 1 John 2, 9. The one who says he is in the light but hates his brother or sister is in the darkness until now. In other words, if you're in the church and you are hating someone else for any reason, who's a brother and 
or brother or sister in Christ, if you have enmity and animosity towards someone else within your local church or, or within the universal church of all believers, then even though you, you claim to be walking in the light of God, the light of truth, the light of Christ, you're actually walking in darkness. You're actually walking as someone who doesn't know God, who doesn't know God's word, who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. And so the implication is clear. We need to stop. We need to check our hearts and we need to repent, meaning turn from that sin and turn once again to Christ. And finally, verse 15, Revelation 7, 9. After this, I looked and there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Here you've got a picture of God's people before the throne of God, before the throne of Christ. And they are from every nation, every people group. You might even say every race, even though that's not an actual uh, genetic uh, true category. Again, we all come from one race. And they're all united before the throne of Jesus Christ, the Lamb. Why is he called the Lamb? Because he, sh- because like a sacrificial lamb, he was killed for the sins of his people. People of all ethnicities, people of all family groups. My friends, that is our rallying cry. We don't have time to be judging people based on external and superficial qualities and characteristics. There's a world of nations out there that needs to be reached. And there's a world of nations within the church of former sinners now saved, still sinning, but not identified as sinners, not identified by whatever distinctions and divisions used to define us. We are now one in Christ Jesus, and we have work to do. There is a world that needs to hear the good news of the gospel. All right, so let's take one question. We we have one question here. Um, It's from Iljin Cho. This isn't the question, but he says, so good. Thank you very much. And so let's just take this one question. Ilgin says, by the way, Ilgin, I hope I'm pronouncing your, your name correctly. I think, I think I am, but let me know. He asks, should ethnic diversity in the local church be considered a neutral trait, i.e. skin color should not be considered for eldership? Well, that's a great question. And I think I know why you're asking. A lot of churches say they want to uh, promote people from uh, backgrounds that have been uh, probably a couple of reasons for this. We want to promote people from backgrounds whose voices maybe haven't been heard, or we want to reach our community. And in order to do that, you know, it would be helpful to have someone of a particular ethnicity. I've got a lot more sympathy with the second motivation than I do with the first one. Um, the idea that all people with a particular skin color share um, certain experiences is pretty shallow thinking. And, and hear me on this. I'm not saying that uh, people, that ethnicity is not an actual um, thing. The Bible says that it is. And and certainly there is shared, um, there are shared experiences in in, in society oftentimes. Um, there's oftentimes uh, traditions and histories that are passed down within ethnicities because ethnicity is really just a family group. I mean, if you think about it, um, there's, there's, there's nationality, but ethnicity is, is sort of a cultural, um, a cultural reality that's passed down from one generation to another. And so, um, so in that sense, um, if a church wants to, uh, particularly promote someone from a particular, uh, ethnic, uh, let's see, what was your question? Skin color. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. So, um, if you want, if you want to have an elder who can 
um, uh, who's reflective of a particular ethnic or cultural tradition or, or background, um, you'd have to make the case for that biblically. Um, I, but what we need to be careful of is we don't fall into unbiblical and ungodly worldly ways of thinking where we just start to think all people with a particular skin color, you know, think alike or all people with, with a particular skin color have the same experience. And, and oftentimes really sometimes if I can, if I can judge with sober judgment here, sometimes, well, let me say this. We need to guard against the motivation to promote people based on skin color or, um, or demote people based on skin color because we want to um, promote the idea to the world that we are not bigoted or racist or something like that. I mean, that's, you know, the world um, is watching, yes, but w- within the church, we need to, you know, God gave um, biblical requirements for elders in his word and skin color is not on there. So um, we can have that conversation, but I'd, I'd rather advise churches to stick with the biblical requirements. Now, if you want to say, well, to reach this community, you know, let's say it's a, it's a Spanish speaking community. We need someone who speaks Spanish and, and who can relate to this community, um, our neighborhood, because we want to reach these people. I think you can make a much stronger case for that, biblically speaking. I mean, you look at who Paul traveled with, you know, he, or who he, um, who he, uh, partnered with, you know, Timothy, who is half Jewish, half Gentile. You got Titus. Um, the, uh, even the, the first deacons were, um, they all had Greek names. We don't know their exact ethnicity, but, um, we've, you know, clearly there, there, there probably was some consideration there about, um, uh, who they'd be able, who, who they'd be serving and whether or not they speak the language and whether or not they can relate to them. Um, but what's so important to not lose sight of is that in the church, ethnicity is, first of all, skin color is, is quite honestly a non-factor. It, it really shouldn't, it shouldn't factor in. I mean, then you start judging the tones of somebody's skin. Are you dark enough? Are you light enough for this role? I mean, that's absurd. That's, that's, um, earthly, unspiritual, demonic thinking to use a biblical phrase. I hope I'm applying that okay. Um, but in terms of being missional and evangelistic, if you want to reach a particular neighborhood, I think it's okay to consider ethnicity there as long as it's not, as long as it's done in a biblical way, uh, not in a way that pushes other people back because of their ethnicity, um, not in a way that condemns anybody for having a particular ethnicity or treats eth- ethnicity as a virtue because it's not. It's something that you have no control over. Um, but it is something that God has control over. And God actually, according to Acts 17, chooses where each person would live and, and which family and ethnic group they would, they would belong to in history. So, um, it's okay to think about that. Look, you know, look around your church. Who's there? Who are you trying to reach in your community? I think it's okay to, to, um, put those people forward as, you know, sort of in a missional position to reach your community, uh, that's, that's surrounding you. When I say community in that sense, I mean like your neighborhood, your city. Um, I hope that makes sense. Uh, but we, we have to, again, we can't look at externals here. You could have two people with the exact same skin tone with completely different experiences and, um, and qualifications. So the Bible gives us uh, biblical requirements. So hopefully that, uh, I'm answering that on the fly. Hopefully that was biblical. Anything that I say, please test it against scripture. That's why I'm trying to share scripture. I'm not trying to share my own subjective, fallible opinion. Um, so hopefully that was helpful. All right. Well, this has been 15 Bible verses about racism. And if you enjoyed this, please share it around Facebook. 
Um, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel and feel free to share the link on Twitter. If you haven't done so yet, the Think Podcast with Joel Sanicase is on pretty much every podcast catcher app. Subscribe, give us an honest five-star rating and review if that's how you feel, and pass this episode along because my goal here is to equip Christians to explain, share, and defend the Christian message. Far be it from us to not know what the Bible says about this vital subject. And far be it from us to judge people based on superficial, uh, external attributes, supposed racial distinctions. Um, we need to be at the forefront of this national and global conversation saying we are all descended from the same parents and whatever divisions and distinctions there may be in the world, we can reconcile those together. We, um, we can be one together, but it only comes through Jesus Christ. And then together we can go back out into society, find the places where there's injustice based on these superficial categories and fight them together in a biblical way as Christians, putting forward the biblical worldview. Jesus is the answer. The gospel is the key. God's word is true. And as Christians, um, we have to remember that. So take your sword, get out there in the battle. Your sword is the Bible, just to make clear. And um, this is not goodbye. This has just been a little pit stop along the way of your spiritual journey. Connect with the Think Institute by going to thethink.institute. And until next time, I hope it made you think.